Welcome to the Twinkle Trainee Teachers and ECTs podcast. My name's Simeon and I was a teacher for eight years. I taught in year one, two in primary school and then year three, four. And during my time, I trained several teachers and it was something I really enjoyed. So I was very excited to come to Twinkle and work in this segment. I'll also mention for the purposes of today, I was mass lead for a brief time and we used a mastery approach, which we'll come into our discussion later. Now with me today we have Hannah. Hi everyone, I'm Hannah. Before working at Twinkle alongside Simeon and Donna who will introduce herself shortly, I was a primary school teacher working predominantly in Key Stage 1. I also have experience across Key Stage 2 as well. And we're very excited today because we have a new team member with us. Please say hello to Donna. Hi guys, my name's Donna. So um, before joining Twinkle, I predominantly taught in Key Stage 1 as well and have quite a lot of experience with additional needs and differentiation. So this is a great podcast for me to be involved in. Okay, so for today, we put up some polls on Twitter and differentiation seems to be coming through as a bit of an issue. So I thought we'd do an explainer today and we're going to try and keep it to around 20 minutes and just really lay out what differentiation is, what it looks like in your planning and what it would look like in your classroom. So I'm going to start off with a definition and then we'll have a look. So the first thing I'll say is I looked at lots of articles for this podcast and differentiation isn't always defined the same way, but I like the definition we've got here. So differentiation is adapting your teaching or the content, the presentation, the expectations to suit the needs of individual learners. And that's the difference with scaffolding. I hear scaffolding mentioned a lot. Scaffolding is breaking learning down into small chunks. So we're thinking today how we can make learning suited for individual needs, really. And I think I'll start with the most obvious one. It's the most common one, different tasks, different levels of tasks. You might use the chili levels, you know, mild, medium, spicy. And that that's a fairly standard approach that I think is now being questioned by some people. And maybe people are looking for new approaches. But I always use the chili levels and they worked really well for me, especially if you let children choose the level they went in at. Yeah, I completely agree, Simeon, but it's also really important to not just focus on the task, isn't it? There's so many different ways that you can differentiate in your lessons. Okay, so another thing that's really important is um, thinking about your support staff. If you have this in your plan and it's really helpful and you can also try and think about the amount of time you spend with certain children and the amount of time that um, you know a teaching assistant might also spend. That's a really good point, Donna. And I think it's, it's quite common in that model, the laps, haps, maps model, that quite often the TA does end up going with the lower ability group. But it can be so helpful to let your TA work with the high ability children or the middle ability children or do some mixed groupings and you work with the children who actually need a bit more support. Sometimes that can be really transformative for them. Oh, Hannah, I wanted to ask you, because you brought this up last time we talked yeah. about it, um, differentiation by expectation. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you can kind of have the children on the same task, but kind of change what you expect the outcome of the task to be from the children. 
Yeah, so with differentiation by expectation, that's really what you're seeing in the mastery approach. So if you're not familiar with the mastery approach, that's the idea that everyone in your classroom has the same task, but they're approaching it at different levels. So your more able pupils might be explaining it in more depth. They might be doing more exploration with it. They might be justifying it with a different set of resources or no resources. So every everyone's working on the same thing, but not in the same way. And I think that can create some confusion. There is differentiation in the mastery approach. It just looks different to that traditional model. So yeah, following on from what you just said there, Simon, I think differentiating by expectation, but you can also change how you question the children as well. So the answers that they give, you can kind of differentiate on them. So from your higher ability children, we can expect more knowledge and understanding and explanation of the questions. Whereas your lower ability children, you can kind of just expect them to maybe explain a little bit, but maybe not go into as much detail. And that's a really good point, Hannah, because that kind of brings us on to something else that's a bit tricky with differentiation. Some differentiation is going to appear in your planning and some you will just do in the moment. So, for example, with your questioning, you might have a child in class who's a bit shy, finds it hard to answer questions, but is quite knowledgeable. So if they put their hand up, you might give them a little prompt, a bit of encouragement, more time to answer. You might give them a partner and they can say their answer to the partner and then the partner will say it to the class. And that's differentiation. You've made a change for an individual learner, but it's not something you probably put on a lesson plan. It's just something you did in that moment. And teachers do this all the time. Definitely. I think what you said there was really important, Simeon, about the partners. So considering your groupings, this can be done maybe when you're planning the lesson, but it can also be done in the moment as well. So when you're planning a lesson, you could consider how you're going to group the children. The groupings could be by attainment or based on the ability of certain children that work well together. You can also consider whether the children be working on an individual basis in pairs or collectively as a group during the lesson. So you can kind of change these things up during your lesson, but you can kind of plan for them beforehand. You could group the children based on your knowledge of the children and this will become more apparent when you get to know your classes a little bit more and you can kind of justify your choices a little bit and just just something to bear in mind. Following on from talking about grouping your children, another nice way um, to do that is to talk partners as well. So again, going back to talking about different abilities, they can help each other out. And again, once you get to know your class a bit better, you can sort of look at the children which might be a bit shy and might need a different partner that's maybe a bit more confident to sort of help them get involved a bit more in the lesson. Yeah. And talking partners is just a fantastic way. If you can get your pairings right to encourage children who don't speak up so much to have a go, um, you can encourage children who don't engage to get a bit more engaged if you find them the right partner. Uh, And the nice thing is if you're asking for feedback from the class, every pair should be able to feed back to you if you've paired them up right. You could also kind of incorporate this into your seating plan, couldn't you, Simeon? So sit the children maybe with similar level peers or how to, so you were able to deploy your staff more easily. Or you could also sit the children next to sometimes children work better with other people. They may not be of similar abilities, but they may be able to work together a bit more collaboratively. So you could either sit children together with children of similar abilities or maybe put them with a higher ability or lower ability partner to kind of get some ideas flowing. 
Absolutely, Hannah. And again, that's differentiation. I mean, I can think I had children who could only see the board clearly from one side of the room. So they'd always be sat on that particular side. And that's differentiation for them. Some children who worked better at the front of the class because they got less distracted. Some children who liked having a bit more freedom and independence and would work nearer the back of the class. All those things a differentiation. Um, maybe even you have a child who needs lots of water during the day because they have a medical need. So you sit them near the water bottles. All those things are important. And we kind of take them into account. And again, it might not always appear on your lesson plan, but it's there. How about resources? So I'm, I'm thinking, especially maybe with mass, um, with that mastery approach, we'd have the same task, but I might not have the same resources out for everyone, or I might have a selection of resources people could choose to work with. Yeah, so I think if you research what resources are available as well, considering the needs of your class, and this will again become more apparent as you get to know your children, it can all seem really overwhelming to start with, but it will become kind of second nature as you get to know your children. So consider the needs of your class. Are there any students who need additional resources such as pencil grips for fine motor barriers? Are there any students who would benefit from additional resources such as a whiteboard next to them to help them stay on task to write ideas down if, if they've got a, if they're a bit forgetful and they need something to kind of make notes? And you could also provide certain resources for your children such as key vocab lists or books for research that can allow your children to be a little bit more independent with the work. I always found that key vocab maths or lists are really, really helpful for lower, lower ability children because they can kind of work a little bit more independently and feel as though they're being a bit more independent by having that list of words there that they can choose from. And also, are there any resources that would help children with their behaviour, such as sensory toys or items such as ear defenders, that's really good, Hannah. And you've kind of, you've touched on two things actually I wanted to talk about today. The first you said is independence. That's kind of the goal of all this to help the children be more independent, to be able to tackle the learning at a level that suits them. And I'm not saying every child in your class will be able to do things completely independently, but it's a really good thing to aim for. Sometimes at my old school, we used to, with children who were struggling, we'd give them a task with adult support one day, and then the next day we'd give them a very similar task to try on their own, just to see if they were able to do it without the support this time. And more than often than not, they were. Uh, the other thing you, you keep saying, and it's so important, is this will come once you get to know the children. And that's really what differentiation is all about, learning the individual needs of your class, learning what each child needs. And Adam said it before, he's not here today, but in an ideal world, we'd be working one-to-one -one and we could differentiate perfectly for each individual child. We can't do that. And I think it's hard for trainee teachers because you only get a small amount of time in each classroom. I know you get more in the summer, but then you have to move on to another set of pupils. And just bear that in mind. Experienced teachers have a lot more time to get to know their class and form their differentiation based on that. So we talked about resources, we talked about grouping, we talked about differentiation by expectation. Um, I did want to mention, actually, PE. 
I don't know, Hannah and Donna, what you think about this, but if you ever want to see differentiation in action, go see a good PE teacher because they have a trick for everything. Um, so, for example, if you're doing throwing and catching and some children are having trouble, they'll give them a larger ball or a softer ball to make it easier. If some children are finding it too easy, they'll ask them to stand further apart. And there's loads of small tweaks like that we can do in our lessons to help differentiate. I think another really important part of differentiation is to explore the five senses. Everybody, I mean, I know I do, has their own preferred learning styles. And this is the same for the children in your class. How you choose to present the learning to the children has a really big impact on their engagement. And if you're kind of using all of the five senses, different ways of learning in your lesson, it'll have a huge impact on their engagement. And again, like I know Simeon touched on earlier, does this mean you're going to be able to cater for each child's exact needs in every lesson? Honestly, no. Although you'll try as much as possible, of course, but to deliver like lessons like this in one day really isn't realistic. So kind of varying your teaching styles and your delivery during the lessons is key. Trying different things on different days and making decisions based on the need of the, your children and your class. Consider your teaching input again, like Simeon said before, certain children may only learn if they're in certain parts of the classroom so you can always change where you are in the classroom so don't always just stand at the front talking to the children kind of move around the classroom to keep the retention use visuals and other, just just looking are the children actively engaged in the way that you are teaching and if not kind of change it up a little bit change it from time to time keep them engaged in your lessons oh hannah that's such a good point um one year I might have a class who can hang on my every word for 12 minutes and another year I might have a class who really struggle to listen for six minutes and I could do the exact same thing both years and get very cross and frustrated that one year was much harder than the other or I could differentiate for my whole class there and actually say, okay, this class is struggling to listen for a long period of time so I'm going to make it more exciting, I'm going to make the input shorter, I'm going to move around the room and try and do some things to add to the engagement or maybe give them opportunities to stand up, move around, more more chance for them to talk and do things. And again, that's just a really nice bit of differentiation based on you knowing your class. So the last thing I wanted to talk about is the teacher's standards. So differentiation is in teacher's standard number five, and it says we need to know when and how to differentiate appropriately using approaches which enable pupils to be taught effectively. So that's often why you'll see a differentiation box on kind of lesson plan templates. We have to be shown to be doing it. So let's just think for a minute about the kinds of differentiation you would most likely put on a lesson plan as a trainee teacher or an ECT? So the main things I would say would be things like your resourcing, thinking about um, things that remove barriers to learning. So, for example, in my class, I had quite a few children that struggled actually with their handwriting and, you know, they knew what they wanted to write, but, you know, the handwriting was sort of a barrier to their learning. So we used things like... Um, you know, we use recordings and things and videos so they didn't have to have worry about not being able to write what they wanted to write. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got resources. We've talked already about having a different task for different ability levels. You can go down that route or having the same task for everyone, but having a different set of expectations and maybe an extension task 
planned for those high ability learners, maybe something a bit more explorative, something where they can really take control of their learning. That's a really good way to differentiate. Yes, I agree. And I was I would also maybe say your deployment of staff where different staff members in your classroom are going to be at different times during during that lesson, just so you kind of have a better idea and a little bit more organized of where people are going to be during your lesson. And the other one you might want to think about, I tended to do this in the moment, but questioning. You might want to jot down some sample questions before the lesson. This is what I'd ask a child who was getting it but needed a bit of a push. This is what I might ask a child who was really understanding well. And this is what I might ask a child who was struggling to determine if there's any gaps in their learning or anything that needs reinforcing. I know we talked about this in our previous podcast, I mean, on differentiation. I always used to do, it was sort of like a post-it note activity at the beginning of the lesson, at the end of the lesson. So kind of asking the children to write down what they already know or what they would like to know by the end of the lesson and then come back to it at the very end of the lesson. You can kind of see how their answers have changed. You can kind of see whether or not your lesson's been successful through that kind of activity. Yeah, I was going to say it's really helpful to have some sort of task like that um, in your planning it's something you can often forget to do especially as a trainee teacher and again it's just going to inform your next decisions in your planning so it's really helpful to try and get that in I love that one um, the one I used to use was I had three trays and the children would self-evaluate at the end of the lesson if they were older children I'd ask them to write me a quick self-evaluation in their book just you know I found this easy or I was okay that kind of thing and then they'd put their book in the tray based on how confident they were. So if they were very confident, they'd go up one end. If they're okay, they'd go in the middle. And if they felt they needed help the next lesson, they'd go in the tray at the end. And I'd always, even if I disagreed a bit, I'd always make sure those children got help the next lesson. Or if I had time, I'd do it that same day. And that can be a really nice way to get a bit of pre-teaching in and give it to exactly the people who need it. 100%. And also just a, a quick, quick task at the end of the lesson. We used to do the traffic light system. So kind of what you were saying there, Simeon, but obviously we'd put green if they found the task really easy, orange if they were in the middle and red if they felt that they needed a bit more help in time on it. So that's just a, a quick way of doing it as well. Something a bit different. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll say the... Maybe the last thing we could think about when we're differentiating is level of independence. So if you're working with a group and your TA is working with a group, if you have a TA, there's probably going to be an independent group, but that doesn't always have to be your highest ability learners. That could be your middle ability or your lower ability group, but they've got some support. I, I used to have a rotating system, so every child would have a chance to work independently each week if it was feasible for them. Um, and I think having that chance to work independently really needs to be differentiated, otherwise it will go horribly wrong. If you gave everyone the same task, same level of support, and just said, have a go independently, that is not going to be a good lesson for everyone. Absolutely. I, I mean, going back to my training, I remember trying to sort of set children independent tasks and, you know, them spending the entire lesson going, Miss Rose, Miss Rose, Miss Rose. So it's really important to make sure you think about what they can actually do independently and also to give them that, um, like Simeon was saying, like satisfaction that, you know, they have been able to access their learning independently. 
yeah, and we'll find this um, with Christmas coming up. As soon as you start doing Christmas crafts, you'll find that some people need a lot more help than others. Oh, yeah, so the Christmas fun commence. <laughs> yeah, well, um, speaking of that, I think we should wrap things up. Good Christmas pun there. Uh, <laughs> I, I hope this has been helpful as a differentiation explainer for you. Or if you do have any questions for us, please get in touch with us. Donna is now going to be running our Facebook. Hannah's going to be on Instagram and TikTok. And I'm going to be on our Twitter and Pinterest. Uh, I'll, I'll do the Twitter and Pinterest links. And then if you two would like to do your own platforms, that would be really helpful for me because it's hard to say them all. The Twitter link for us is at Trainee Twinkle. And please feel free to come on and ask me any questions. And our Pinterest link with our lovely new Christmas board, loads of great Christmas resources on there, is at Twinkle Trainee Teachers. As Simeon said, I am on Instagram and TikTok. So our Instagram handle is at Twinkle Trainee Teachers. And the same again for TikTok, which is at Twinkle Trainee Teachers. You can also search for us on Spotify by typing in Twinkle Trainee Teachers. And I'll hand you over to Donna now to let you know about our Facebook groups. Thanks, Hannah. So the Facebook groups, the first one is Twinkle Trainee Teachers. And then we've got another one, which is Twinkle ECTs and Twink and NQTs. Okay. And I'll just say thank you for listening. I will finish with a quick disclaimer. Not everyone agrees with everything on differentiation or learning styles or anything like that. This is meant to be a nice overview just to help you. But if you feel this isn't agreeing with something you've heard on your course, you know, feel free to take what's useful for you that you feel is going to help you in your classroom. Okay, we hope you have a lovely Christmas period. We'll look forward to hearing from you about this podcast. Okay, goodbye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thanks. Bye.